Hello world! We hope you're as happy as we are that Eurovision Legends is back. But if you thought that our fearless leader has been enjoying a holiday, then think again. Emil Lustrum has been busy building a pop music career of his very own under the stage name Odorian. Check out his debut single, Going to the Mecca, out now on all streaming and download platforms, including a Eurovision remix by our very favourite, DJ Stormby. The guest today needs no introduction, but I love to talk, so I'm going to give you one anyway. She is considered to have the best Eurovision winning song ever and is known for creating art installations on stage that impress us again and again, even with fake snow. She is a sensitive spiritual soul with creative control over her career, but has it always been like that? Why is she back in Melodifestivalen, 11 years after her victory and 6 years after a failed attempt? What really happened in Baku? What is her relation to Euphoria today? Does she remember her opponents? And will she ever get that microphone out of her hair during this interview? Nu är nog micken inne i ditt hår här. Ja, den är fan inne i mitt hår, Den är fan inne i mitt hår. I'm your host, Emil Lövström, sober for once. <laughs> Just kidding! Didi Stormby, take it away! Welcome to Eurovision Legends, Lorraine. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Lovely. I still feel I'm grounded. Uh, I'm not flying. I'm grounded. <laughs> well, I'm so glad to finally have you in the show. It felt like one of the most important pieces of Eurovision history was missing. Oh, really? Thank you. That was very kind of you. Thanks. It's been nearly 20 years since uh, I watched you perform and compete in the Swedish version of Pop Idol. And believe you me, I've been a fan since. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) what were you thinking? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was a baby kid at the time. My God, I didn't know my voice, nothing. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, his, uh, not history, but inter- interesting. How do you say that? Never mind. Never, well, but you charmed us all, and you got a fourth place. Yeah, I did. I did. Thank you. As my listeners know, I always start with some quick questions just to get us a bit loose and ready. All right, bring it on, man. Name drop one song from Eurovision history you really love. One song. I, the first song that comes up is Rise Like a Phoenix. All of the ashes seeking rather than vengeance. Retribution, you were warned. Once I'm transformed, once I'm reborn, you know I will rise. It's very classic. I mean, the melodies, it's very like Frank Sinatra. I love that. Yeah. 
Favorite song from Sweden in Eurovision besides Euphoria? Um, oh, I think, to be honest, it's either ABBA or it is, um, I would say, Waterloo. Least favorite song from Sweden in Eurovision? Oh, wait a minute. You can't do this to me. My God. I mean, I'm right now I'm in Sweden. They will kick my ass. So, um, no song. I can't. I can't. I can't. They're going to kill me. <laughs> Who should have won Eurovision but didn't? Who should have won Eurovision but didn't? Um, I don't know, really. I just, I, this is the spiritual part of me. I'm like, okay, the one that is supposed to win will win. Um, so, uh, I was very happy that UK won last year, and I was very, very happy that Ukraine won. I'm like, which year is what year? <laughs> no, 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 Ukraine, Ukraine won last year, but last year, since yeah. they can't host it, the UK yeah, will, will host it. Exactly. Yeah. I was very happy about that. Uh, favorite song from your year 2012 in Eurovision oh wait a minute remind me now wait Oof, it was 10 years ago <laughs> god damn it uh, wait um, uh, oh just remind me of some songs like now I'm just, just totally my head is totally like stop working shall I remind, remind yeah, you yeah you should remind me of some songs come on man give me a, give me some help here well I can say that my one of my favorites was Estonia with Kula I thought that song was really really right, nice yeah You know, the thing is with me, I am so, and it sounds crazy, but I'm so focused on my, the, the, on my work. So I totally zone out. Like I, I'm a person that can only do one thing at a time. So I have to, now I have to go back in history and like, okay, what songs was it? Yeah. What songs? Yeah. Well, I completely can understand. Uh, Thomas Gerson actually competed with another song. Maybe you like that one. Spain. Quédate conmigo. Yeah, exactly. nice song so yeah that was a nice song i think i with that song my god i'm L such a mess now <laughs> last quickie i think you can you can answer this who do <laughs> you, you think <laughs> are you sure i hope so <laughs> who do you want to see compete for sweden in eurovision next year 2024 2024 um a swedish artist yeah. that i would love to see in the eurovision Okay, um, it would be nice to have, uh, you know what? It would be nice to have some real rappers in this forum, crazy enough. No, it's not crazy enough. I just love rap music and hip hop yeah. in general. So I would say there is this uh, Swedish artist called Jirel, mm -hmm. whom I just love. He's like, he has this, 
he has this Travis Scott Drakey vibe, and it would be nice to include hip hop into this form also. Yeah. Yeah. So he came up to my head. So uh, yeah. Mm, can I come up with somebody else? No. Uh, let, let's keep it. Let, yeah. You know, that would be a nice thing. <laughs> Well, great, we survived the first part. <laughs> yeah, we did survive that one. I was a mess. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, what is your first memory of watching the Eurovision Song Contest? That was actually, you know, the thing is, I, I started as a hippie, I was going to say. At the time when I did My Heart is Refusing Me, I was a hippie. I didn't own a television. I was like, I was against all, everything that was digital, I was against it, yeah, you know. Yeah. It was just like, you know. So um, I was introduced to the Melfest or the Eurovision the first time, the year that I, I, I competed. Crazy enough. Yeah. So... Before that, I was living hippie life, you know, <laughs> without any electricity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, my first experience of Melody Festival and then Eurovision was when I did My Heart is Refusing Me in Sweden. Do you consider Melody Festival as your big breakthrough after Idol? Most definitely. Yeah. I would say, it, yeah, because Idols was not a, a breakthrough in terms of. It was it was my teacher. The Idols was the starting point for the development of becoming me. So, so uh, when I did the Mel Melody Festival for for the first time, that was actually the first breakthrough. And I love the fact that it was that was the place that I I got recognized. Yeah. You know, because the form is such a beautiful one, and it's so inclusive and. Especially, I have to say, like the, the the gay community, they embraced me where nobody else did. I am extremely thankful for that. Was 2011 the first time you submitted or tried to compete in Melody Festival? Yeah, yeah, that was the first time. And, that's, and I, I competed with a song called My Heart Is Refusing Me yeah. that I wrote together with somebody, with two other guys. And, and uh, yeah, no, so that was, yeah. That was how I got introduced to it, where they told me, like, do you know there is this competition? I'm like, oh, competition, interesting. And then I started to, you know, watch it and like, okay, that that's cool. Yeah, you know, you can create this beautiful performance, no, no rules. And I'm like, wow, that's I would love to do that. You reached the second chance um, with yeah. the song yeah. and didn't qualify for the final. Um, no. Was the goal to win or did you see it more as a great platform to get exposure? Do you remember? Yeah, I do actually remember. For me, it was not about winning. Of course, it is very, it's, it's a very sensitive situation to be in when you compete. It's like it has this energy, like where, of course, you get a little bit disappointed that you didn't win. But this was my first 
big performance. I, I, many people don't know that. First of all, I didn't have that much experience from 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 value uh, standing on stage, you know. So this was my first big experience standing yeah. on stage, yeah. you know. And I was I had stage fright also, you know. So uh, it was a lot of things happening within me in that performance, you know. So uh, yeah. There is a few years between Idol and Melody Festival in 2011. Yeah. And what I know, you collaborated with Robin Rass. Yeah, and I've no. heard that you made an entire album with them that never had re been released. Um, not really a whole album. You know, you, after Idol, you wanted to, you start exploring yourself and trying to find you know, your identity, like, what am I? And naturally, you work with different people trying to find your way, yeah. you know. And so, um, yeah, I worked uh, for a while with Robert Rass, and uh, and it was it was a very good experience for, for me because at the time I had never worked in the studio. So, uh, yeah, well, they embraced me and they taught me a lot of things, but intuitively it was not my sound and it was not time for me to release me. I wasn't really ready, ready yet. So uh, I still needed more experience, experience to, you know, learn how to produce myself, learn how to write myself, you know, just singing and getting acquainted, acquainted with my own voice, yeah. basically. Yeah. So all of these things was just starting there. And, uh, and so it wasn't the right time. So no, no. To be to ask you a question, there was not an album. There was a lot of embryos, demos, but it was not a finished album. Uh, it wasn't. Well, Robin Rass worked with another girl with Moroccan roots, mm -hmm. one of my absolute favorite artists in the world, yep. named Leila Kay. Oof, she's wonderful. Have you collaborated with her? N never. I have. I've never collaborated with Leila Kay. I'm a huge fan. She's amazing because she's so free in her in her creativity. Yeah. Um, so I've never no I've never collaborated. Um, I would love that. She's a huge inspiration. I know her personal, and I know that she's a big fan of you. What? Yes. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding with you. Now you have <laughs> to tell you have to tell her hi for me and say that I'm. I think she's amazing. I really do think. I will. She's amazing. Well, but you seem to be very secure with your style, both how you dress, perform and the decisions you make, mm. even though you were more of a girl next door type during Idol. Mm. Has it happened during your career that people around you have tried to change you into something that you are not? Many times. Yeah, many, many times. And I think whenever that happens and you feel like they're, 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 interfering with your integrity yeah. it even strengthens you more and that's one of the reasons i think when you say like i'm very firm with what i'm doing you know because the thing is with idols at the time it was um that's the thing i think at the time with the culture that was then girl next door was the 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 <laughs> the framework I was going to say that was what they were looking for and so they tried to shape everyone every especially uh, girls at the time to become this yeah. and we are different people and so you can never shape another person to whatever 
the society wants it to be. It's like, first of all, it should be illegal. <laughs> Second yeah. of all, it just doesn't work. So that's what I mean when I say idols. The idols triggered a lot of important things in me where I started to question, like, why am I doing things a certain way? And who am I really? And, and started to protect that and work on it, trying to find myself. And and uh, I think it's important to not be ashamed of your power. I call it power because everybody has it. You have it. I have it. A power and identity. And you should not be ashamed of it. You just let it out. It's supposed to be there. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, each and every time somebody questioned my 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 uh, my energy or my way of doing things, it's just strengthening the fact that I'm like, okay, I need to protect my my heart in this i need to protect who i am because i can't help being who i am <laughs> nobody God for can that. <laughs> i just am what i am well as we all know your melfest trip didn't stop in 2011 you did an abba and the year after you won the whole shebang yeah with a song that nearly everyone think is the best eurovision winner ever Wow. So please tell me about this modern Mozart masterpiece, Euphoria. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I got this song introduced to me and, you know, I felt this instant love for it. And it frightened me because I just came out of my, with my heart is refusing me. And I was, I, at the time I was scared and it was exhausting, you know, to be in a competition where everybody has their idea of you. And, you know, it was the first time and I'm like, oh my God, I cannot do this again. But again, it, it's like a relationship, you know, when you're in love with somebody and you're like, oh, he, he's not good for me, but I do like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and that was the relationship I had with the song. And so intuitively, I just felt like maybe this is my path. And so... I went with that intuition, although I was afraid. Um, and but I had learned a couple of things from my heart is refusing me, and I learned a lot of things about my creative process. It needs to be private, uh, you know, until it's finished. And so, just a few people knew about how I want the performance to look and all of these details around it. And so, because I didn't want people to interfere with my ideas, coming with comments and stuff like. Because usually when I when, when I hear a song, I see, immediately see the pictures, like the storyboard and the world that is supposed to be around this one. And, you know, uh, so I, I had a very small team, Emil, and, and, and so I created this performance and I, I waited for a long time before presenting it to the rest of them, you know, yeah. um, just so that I could protect my own ideas, uh, thoughts, and you know, and so, so yeah, so the process was very interesting because I don't think that usually, uh, I knew that the producers for the show wasn't used to not knowing how the performance is going to look like uh, until the end. No, but it was a very, it was a very exciting, exciting time.
It was written by Thomas Gesson and produced by Peter Boström. Yeah. And I know that Danny was offered to sing it. Yeah. But do you know of anyone else? No, I think, first of all, I, I think that they, when they wrote the song, they wrote it for a man. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so I know that Danny recorded it. The one, yeah, I don't even, I, I'm not sure if that was the demo that I heard. But you know what? Songs are like relationships, you know? Maybe he didn't fall in love with the song, and then it's not it's not meant for him. Yeah. This is me being spiritual. Um, yeah, so it was meant for me. That was my relationship. <laughs> <laughs> that was my partner. Yeah, yeah. Was Euphoria the only song you were considering for Melody Festival in 2012? The answer to that is yes. I wasn't even considering to be in the, in, in the contest. So it was all about the song. And you performed in the first semifinal, and early on you became a favorite to win. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are your memories from Melody Festival in 2012? The strongest memory was, um, it was so obvious for me when I won in Stockholm, because throughout this whole process, I decided to trust my intuition, you know, and I, it may be sound cliche, but I decided to trust my gut feeling. And for many, many years before that, I hadn't. And so this was the first step where I'm like, I'm afraid it might not work, but I need to go on this, this path. And so when I remember when I stood in Globen and barefoot on this platform, and I was looking out on all these people, it hit me for the first time. Like it was almost like there was this voice talking to me, like, see what happens when you really trust your gut feeling. And it was such a, we were so sync. It was almost like I told my truth. And people said, but we like you the way that you are. You should have told your truth from the start. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that was so beautiful for me because I've never felt so much love in my entire life. Beautiful. You know, it was so beautiful because I started to dance. You know, I remember that I was going to, I ran up to the stage because I was supposed to perform the song again. And I was thinking about the, oh my God, I'm going to perform the song. But if you look at it, at some point I just stopped dancing and I was just standing there. Yeah. And I, it was so overwhelming. I, I, I couldn't even cry. But I I, I was like, I, I was crying from the inside. You know, I was like, this is so fucking overwhelming. My God. Yeah. And in the final, you won both the juries and the total votes. And yeah. uh, your main opponent, Danny, was more sour than a lemon. How happy were you? I was so happy and I was so thankful and I to be honest like and somehow I I understood Danny and his and his frustration because I understood how it feels to be in this space where everybody has expectations on you they want you to be a certain way and not that's a certain way but he had expectations on himself and he worked so hard and it didn't it didn't happen the way he saw it. And that is a disappointment. And I respect that. And I, I, I felt with him because it, it's, 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 it's a sensitive space to be in where everybody's watching you when you're sad and you feel exposed. And yeah. so I remember when I passed him, I was like, I, I was on my way to the stage, but I just, I just wanted to hug him because I'm like, dude, I'm a creator. You're a creator. This doesn't change anything. You know, you're amazing. 
Oh, did you hear that? You're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, happily, Danny can laugh at this today. Yeah, he, he really can. Yeah. He's doing great, man. So The, the trip went to Azerbaijan. Uh, please, Lorian, take us back to your week in Baku. What happened there? Azerbaijan, that was an intense week. I mean, everything was a hundred times bigger. The arena, you know, so many people from around the world was so intense, you know, it was crazy. But also before going, I, uh, I found out through my fans, actually, they just filled me in on the situation in Azerbaijan. And I was like, my God, the people are so, um, they're so, uh, threatened. Yeah. The people of Azerbaijan, They were threatened. They were thrown out of their houses. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because of not because of your vision, but because it was going to be there. So, so that week was intense because I was fighting for human rights at the same time I was, you know, trying to, you know, you know, create the same type of performance that I did in Globe because I remember that they wanted to change a lot of things. They wanted to digitalize the, the digitalize the the, the the snow. Like, no, we can't have snow. I'm like, no, but wait, yeah, yeah, we have to have the snow. Like, well, we can we can we can put it on the screens behind here. I'm like, no, 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 you can't. No. No. <laughs> you know <laughs> it's not gonna happen. You know, yeah. so there was like struggles on both sides, but at the same time it was not enough. It was a lot of love. I'm happy that you brought this up because I had the previous, in a previous episode, I had the former EBU executive supervisor, Jon Ola Sand here. Yeah. And he told me that he cautioned you and the rest of the Swedish delegation because they felt that you were too outspoken about mm-hmm. politics in Azerbaijan. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's like, a, it's like the World Cup. Don't have it in countries that don't respect people and human rights, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. But what is your own view on it today? Yeah, well, to be honest, I feel because these, this injustice, these different injustices that, that uh, we have around the world, we need to shed light on it. We need to see the positive thing with shedding light on it because otherwise we're just closing our eyes and we're not acknowledging the fact that there are injustice happening. So I felt when we were in Azerbaijan, it was positive because the world needed to see was what's going on. And the reason why it's important, because that's how you, you can create change. You need to shed light and talk about the injustice for, for, let's say, uh, uh, yeah, for any minority group, like it's really important. So it's the same um with the 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 football cup that is that wasn't uh yeah i think it's important i felt it was positive because i just feel like the government they shape up sometimes when they when they feel like oh my god the world is watching and this is not good for the country that we that we're working like this so it's it's a it's a possibility for change i believe i don't believe in, in 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 that type of boycott Because I feel like I'm, 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 I am abandoning the people that really, really need help that way. Yeah. So looking back today, would you have done anything differently? I wish I could. I don't know. I, I just uh, no, not. Uh, but I guess I just wish I could help even more. Yeah. I, 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 that would be one thing. But apart from that, in terms of performance, uh, no. I mean. It was what it was. <laughs> yeah, and with 372 points, which was 113 points more than the 
Russian bread baking babushkas, you won Eurovision. <laughs> How did yeah. that change your life? It did change my life. It did change my life in many ways. First of all, it just it just um, it just gave me that chance to create to to be able to do what I do uh, full time. You know, to create yeah. music and be an artist. That was like to be a creator. So yeah. it, it opened up that door, and it and and I also had got to meet a lot of beautiful people and work with a lot of cool creators um you know so it just i just got to do what i really love to do and what i feel i'm meant to do you know yeah i suck at everything else darling (laughs) (laughs) you don't want me to be a surgeon trust me (laughs) no maybe not (laughs) yeah In Christer Björkman's autobiography, The General, he wrote that he struggled hard to get you out of your dressing room after the victory. What happened there? I need to know. Yeah, because I am a shy person. And really, when people say, but you've won, why don't you just go out there and enjoy it? I'm like, you know, I I guess that's the spiritual part of me. I was like, I was so overwhelmed and I was so happy. And I just wanted to sit with that feeling, I guess, and just be in that, in that space, you know? And, and, uh, I guess in a way, yeah, so that's, that, that's the way I, I, I enjoy (laughs) stuff. (laughs) You know, I'm a one-on-one person. Like if we now, for instance, we're talking and it's the only thing that exists is you and me. If there are too many impressions, I just get confused. So it was very emotional, that whole thing for me, as I told you before, like I, I, it was, it was, uh, can you imagine like struggling for so many years, you know, and not being really sure that you're on the right path and this happens and you're like, Oh my God, yeah. it really happened. Yeah. And so I don't think he knew it at the time. Cause he was like, Oh my God. Like, you know, and I was like, I just want to grab something to eat and enjoy myself in my hotel room. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Totally understand. Yeah, yeah. According to rumors, you got tired of singing Euphoria quite soon after the victory. Is there any truth to this? No, I wouldn't say that. But I think what they're referring to is that since I'm a creator, I always wanted to, each and every performance, I always wanted to, to give something, I guess, extra. So I sometimes I changed the the song uh and gave them like you know i could yeah so i could change the 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 version the version like i could do different versions of euphoria um so i guess that's what they're referring to but i've never got tired of singing that song and it's so funny because i never get to sing that song by myself anyways because the audience is like you like y'all guys need to let me sing this song okay i need to be singing this song <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. It's like, but it was. It's it's crazy that it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Because I I, I don't know. It, I guess the song symbolizes so many beautiful things. So whenever it starts, it just triggers all of that in me. Yeah. So no, but I guess I just wanted to be creative with with it. Kriste Björkman himself also talked about you when he was a guest in this podcast and. 
especially how much he regretted that he put you to compete against Anton Hagman in the second mm. chance round when you came back to Melody Festival and with statements in uh, 2017. Yeah. And Statements is my favorite song of yours. And oh, I was, really? Yeah, I love it. Oh my God. <laughs> I love the whole thing. Oh, wow. And I was convinced it would win the whole Eurovision yeah. after yeah. seeing it the first time. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, Emil, I know, to be honest, like that, that song and that performance was for me a reflection of, at the time, the political yeah. situation that was going on around the whole world. Like people, it was, things were getting segregated and people were very, right wing it, it was yeah. and and so i just felt like what are we doing here are we going back in history what the hell are we doing and so with that energy in me i created this performance which was it was a call out for awakening and it was very it was honest but it was also very in many ways angry because at the time i felt angry yeah. i was like we cannot go this way and so the whole performance was like you know in that in that vibe it was it was supposed to lift up hope of course but but uh, i was also reflecting what was going on in the world and i wanted to wake myself up and the rest of us So I didn't have any thought of like I need to win with this song because I, I I sometimes intuitively you just feel you know this is more of a statement yeah um, and it's so important to sometimes just speak your truth even in this in these big forums because that's what what it's all about you know to speak your truth yeah yeah. The rules regarding the second chance are changed for this year, and the contestants now don't need to duel against each other. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> if if you reach the second chance, for, like this time, for, mm-hmm. for example, and mm-hmm. it will be eight songs competing, four of them will qualify, but you don't need to duel. Against- okay, so you- that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so you, re- you really mean that you don't have anything to do with the- that rule change? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I got angry and I came up with like, y'all guys to change this rule, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm no. glad that they did it. Yeah. <laughs> But, Lorian, now we're all very curious, how come you, 11 years after winning Eurovision, have decided to return? It was the love for the song. Let's just start there. I just, a song got sent to me, and I felt immediately that this is a very, there's something very, very special about this song. Yeah. And so, and at that point, I didn't know, I didn't even know that it was considered for the Melody Festival. I didn't know that. So I just like, and I remember uh, texting uh, Thomas. I think I was texting him at least. So and I'm like, this is a, this is an amazing song. 
and he said that he wrote it specifically with me in his in his in his head and I'm like oh, I can tell yeah. I can tell yeah, yeah. <laughs> no so um so it was a back and forth uh, um situation for me because then he, they 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 introduced Melody Festival and like can you can you consider doing it and I'm at first I was like no I don't know man but the love for the song was so strong I'm like but I really really want to do the song and so it was it was actually a no 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 and I at some point when everybody was starting to accept the fact that it was going to be a no all of a sudden it just changed him like but wait a minute it's a yes I remember my sister she was like okay if it's a no then don't do it Let's yeah. decide that. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. She's like, what? I'm like, uh, I feel something different in my body. She's like, you're crazy. <laughs> you just said no, no, no. And now you say yes. I'm like, ah, it was yes all along, you know? Yeah. And so I just felt like, okay, it's a yes. Because I feel like, you know, to be honest, like this, this form that we have. So it's, first of all, it's the most, uh, diverse platform that we have. It includes everybody. Everybody's included in this platform, you know, and you can be however you want. And it's, and it's almost like a bubble, like a, an, an atomic bomb of, of, uh, of, uh, appreciation and, and love and acceptance and all of these things that I believe in. And this platform is like, it's so important, especially today. This is a platform where we can, we can spread the antidote to whatever fucked up thing that is going on in the world right now. Yeah, this is the yeah, antidote. Creativity, yeah. uh, art, music, everything. Like what you're doing, what I'm doing. Like we're such important people right now because we inspire and we um, trigger like creativity in people. Yeah. When you're a creative person, it's very hard to be judgmental when you're creative. It's like, it's like being a child. Not many children are judgmental. They're very open. So, do you see what I mean? Like yeah, we yeah. have an we have an important role today, and so I felt like this is a chance to really. And it, I was so surprised, to be honest, when I when when I got the feedback when people knew that I was going to do this, they were like, "We're so happy!" I didn't I didn't expect that, to be honest. I'm like, "We're so it's going to be so much fun to see what you're going to do." Like, yeah, and, and yeah. I was like, "It's already starting." The happiness and joy around creativity. You know, where everybody's included. And yeah. I was like, I, I love the fact that I said yes. I'm very happy about it. This song is titled Tattoo. Yeah. Can you compare it to any of your previous songs? It has, it has a touch of, to be honest, a touch of um, euphoria. And there's something there. Like, uh, I, I don't like comparing songs, but there is a, it's very dynamic. It has a lot of energy. Uh, and since I I like cinematic and dramatic songs, I, I would say it has a touch of that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a love song. Yeah. So it's a fast song. It's not a kumbaya song with a guitar. <laughs> do I feel like a kumbaya? <laughs> really? Well, not really. <laughs> would you maybe. want me to do that? <laughs> no, no, I don't. No, no I don't. No, no. <laughs> no. But if you compare how involved you have personally been in all your participations, mm -hmm. are you more involved now than before? There's only one way for me to work, like, and that's complete. To be honest, the way it works is like, I'm holding the narrative, the source, and then I, 
invite creators to work with me and and uh, uh, inspire them towards a goal usually the goal is like what do i want what do i hope that the audience will feel after this what is the story well that's where it starts and from there comes these these scenes or pictures call it whatever like because i see everything colors and pictures you know yeah and so and so i am i, I involve creators and i tell them like okay this is where we're going this is what we're going to create how can we do this and you know and then the creative process. So I, it's not like I, I'm involved, like somebody's creating something somewhere and I'm involved, like, okay, I, that could be nice. It's like, it starts, it starts, it starts with me. And then, you know, you inspire other creators. I wouldn't be able to, to do what I do without my creators, but it's, I think it's important to have a vision. Yeah. Otherwise, the rest of them be like, what are we going to do? I don't know. What do you guys want to do? They're like, we don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? So, like, <laughs> so yes, I'm. everybody's involved, but yeah. So, yeah. So what can we expect on stage? Um, we are so curious. Yeah. Without spoiling it too much. Will it be I, an art installation again? Oh, I don't know. Will it be cinematic mm. maybe i don't know i'm not <laughs> going to tell you anything because 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 i'm a bad liar first of all so you you know so what i will tell is like i hope that you guys are gonna are gonna like it i think there's some things you will recognize be like ah that is a lorene thing to do yeah but i'm not going to tell you what it is oh i'm so curious <laughs> i'm so curious <laughs> you yeah. are the bookmaker's favorite to win Again? Oh really? oh, really? How does that feel? They should stop doing that. It just stresses <laughs> me out, goddammit. <laughs> it just stresses me out. You know, really, you, you, you never know. Like, I, I feel like... But are you back to win? I really don't care about that, to be honest. I, Because I, it's like, to be honest, it's the wrong energy to have. Because let's say I would connect to that energy and be like, I need to win, I need to win. And then it would spoil the whole creative process for me because it's two different things. The creative process is positive energy to win. That's ego energy and it's bloody negative. Yeah. It really is. So, I mean, if, let's say like this, if the Swedish people want me, to um uh represent them then i will do it but if they want somebody else to represent them they will do it you know what i mean it's yeah. all about so uh yeah no i don't really focus on that i don't have time to focus on that to be honest <laughs> i have very little time to create this performance <laughs> god damn it <laughs> <laughs> how many songs from this year have you heard none none Apart from my own. Oh. Hmm. That's also a ground rule. And I'm telling all the other artists, like, don't focus on your, your competitors. Your, uh, competitors. Yeah. Just focus on yourself. Like, that's really important. Otherwise, uh, you have a headache. Yeah. Hmm. Well, good luck in Melody Festival and Lorraine. Thank you, honey. I'm Thank really you. looking forward to see you on the stage in Liverpool. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm flattered. Oh, my God. Amy, thank you, honey. Thank you so much for that. Puss a crumb. Puss a crumb. Hey, hey. Oh, hey. You